0: There is a commercial that is a police officer pulling over a man and giving him a ticket. And normally what you do in those situations is you cry for mercy. And this police officer does not let this man out of the ticket and says it is for your own good. I'm giving you this ticket to help protect you. In other words, he was being punished, not punished, but reprimanded or corrected. Maybe that's the best term, corrected, so that he doesn't get hurt, so that he doesn't die. The same thing is what our Lord is doing for us in this first reading. This first reading is about Sodom and Gomorrah, which nobody wants to talk about but i think it's important that we at least mention some things you know the destruction of sodom and gomorrah was not just because the city had acts of, of um, homosexuality it was a symptom of more decadence lust luxury greed pride of the whole civilization the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was deeper than just sexual. And I think that's what people miss. The sexual problem was a symptom of a deeper rebellion against God and everything that was natural, innocent, and good. Paul in Romans 1:25 through 27 explains this. And I'm going to read, please. Don't be upset with me. These are the words of Paul. In Romans 1.25-27, Paul says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way the man also abandoned the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error Okay why do I read that because why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah in a way there was nothing else he could do He cuts a deal with Abraham here. Abraham bargains for the saving of the city. And this cutting of a deal with Abraham indicates that God had already extended his mercy time and again. We too have already received God's mercy time and again. He waited for them to turn from their wrong path and to turn from this culture of death. They would not. So did he punish them out of vengeance? No, I don't think so. I think God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah was linked with the path that they were already on, which was a path away from him. They were wallowing in a culture of death. This was the message. They were so immersed in sin that they got what they asked for. And that was to be their own way. To go their own way. They would not turn from that path. So what did God do? He let them go. It doesn't matter what sin you're talking about here. It doesn't matter if you're talking about any one of the seven deadly sins. Pride. Sloth. Wrath. Wrath. Greed, gluttony, envy, lust. Pick any one of them. It is a path that goes away from God that eventually God's going to let you go. This is the message. You know, decisions for us were sown decades ago. Abortion, contraception, no-fault divorce. And so the question, I think, comes up is this fundamental difference of understanding of what marriage is now that we're trying to redefine it. If marriage is just a financial or emotional arrangement to make us happy, then why not have same-sex marriage? If marriage is just an official pronouncement that some people love each other, then why not have same-sex marriage? The answer is because that's not how we define marriage. You know, it is true that all people can love each other no matter what lifestyle they choose. But Catholics don't believe marriage is just some pronouncement that some people love each other. That is how society is defining it. That's not how we do. We believe that a sacramental marriage, yes, between one man and one woman, is for the benefit of bringing new life into the world and for two being united into one flesh, as God has created us biologically. Marriage is for the benefit of children for the benefit of society, and for the benefit of spouses. It's not that we don't accept same-sex marriage. It's not it at all. It's that we can't violate God's natural law. That's what it's about. It's not about hate. It's not about discrimination. It's not about equality. It's about God. That is the misunderstanding of the Catholic position. You know, Catholic organizations that refused to place adopted children with same-sex couples lost many contracts. They did this because of their values and beliefs, but yet they were discriminated against for doing that. The media basically said the evil Catholics would rather abandon helpless children than fulfill a loving couple's dream. But the truth really is, society would rather see children go without parents if it means that gay couples were able and should have every single one conform to their beliefs. There are plenty of adoption agencies that they could go to. They didn't have to be Catholic ones. So enforcing every adoption agency in this nation to conform to their beliefs is where the Catholic Church was saying, we can't. Now the Church got the black eye. Places like Tolerance Incorporated on Facebook, they have no qualms about sacrificing the helpless, they say this about us, that... They have no qualms about sacrificing the helpless if they think that they can make Christians hurt. They think, well, if a child suffers, it's a Christian's fault. And they portray it as all Catholic fault. No, it's not. It's the fault of the truth. It's the fault of God, if you want to say it that way. And when we use the term God, we usually don't say fault in the same sentence. So to finish, what has happened in the the last 50 years has been basically a power grab from the people. This all has been legislated from the bench. Um, More than 50 million Americans voted against same-sex marriage. Even Proposition 8 in California was defeated by the people until they found a way to legislate it from the bench. The Supreme Court has basically now told us that we don't have the power to write our own laws. The Supreme Court has basically told us that it will be legislated to us. Abortion and same-sex marriage have been dictated to us as a nation. It wasn't voted on by the people. The thing is, is neither of those two is rooted in the truth. And one of two things will happen. Either they will fall because we will see the truth, or this nation will fall because we don't see the truth. That is why I feel, as a priest, obligated. This is not a political issue. This is an issue like that police officer warning the driver to put on your seatbelt. This is God telling us for our own safety, for our own good, to follow him on the right road. If we don't, it'll lead to separation from him. And that is very difficult because that's the definition of hell. The definition of hell is separation from God. If we truly love each other, we don't want anybody on that path. If we love somebody, we don't want to see them go down the wrong road. Just like that police officer didn't want to see a man driving without a seatbelt. We don't want to see somebody driving down that wrong road without a seatbelt. And I think this is the message that we have today. You know, society declares that June is Pride Month. But we have to realize what pride is. Pride is taking our place instead of God's place. Pride is putting ourselves on the throne. All the church is trying to teach is, let us not be God, let God be God. You know, this is important. People don't, don't turn from the path that we are on to destruction like Sodom and Gomorrah. We'll lead down a path without God, which is never the answer. Abortion and same-sex relations violate the natural law and God's law, and that's all we are trying to teach them. But I can't emphasize enough, we are talking not about judging people. We are not talking about condemning people. We love all people. We are not judging These people, we are talking about judging the sin, not the sinner. Only God can judge the sinner. We do not. But we should learn from today's reading at what happened with Abraham. Because God eventually judged the people of Sodom. After decades and decades on the wrong path, Judgment did come. Abraham said if you find even 10 people, Lord, will you spare the city. I believe we have more than 10 people. We have more than 10 people at this mass. We have tens of thousands of you who view this online, Alicia, Mary. Anna, Marianne, Agnes, Myrick, Patricia, Chari, George, Paula, Robert. I can go on and on. There are so many of you that I see regularly. Let us be those people that Abraham was referring to. When Abraham said, Lord, will you spare the city? if we can find those who stand for the truth, those who acknowledge, who are righteous and good. And the Lord said, yes. The fact that you are a Marian helper means you are chosen by God to be one of those people. The fact that God has brought us together under the most strange of situations. We've become a family when we were complete strangers a year ago. We've become a family when we didn't know each other. Paris, one of our regular viewers, came here to visit and she started mentioning a bunch of names, Deb and John and others. And it became very clear we are a family. And what does a family do? A family wants the other members to not be on the wrong road. When you love them, you get them on the right road. And so the last thing I want to say about that commercial with the seatbelt and the police officer was when that police officer came to the car, the man who was sitting in the front seat, who wasn't wearing a seatbelt, The police officer's face as she was explaining why she gave the ticket changed to the man's wife, and she said, It's because we love you. Then it changed to the man's daughter, and it says, Because we need you. And then it changed to the best man or the the man's best friend, and he said, It's because we care about you. This whole issue is not about hate. It's not about discrimination. It's not even about equality. It's about being under God. It's about following the road that God put us on and wants us to be on. And when Sodom and Gomorrah lost their way, 10 people stood up and Abraham said, Lord, these 10 people will spare the city. Let us be those people. Let us pray. Let us do penance, sacrifice, receive the sacraments, offer up for our nation and our world that we will follow God. And because we love all people, that they will too. We're not here to condemn anyone. Jesus said that's not our job. We're here to love the sinner, but to hate the sin. And so when we do that, we can make a difference. And so to all of you who have joined us, let us pray for our nation and our world that is in very much the dark right now, that the light of truth will shine forth from each and every one of us to be examples to those who have not seen the light so that God can enter and we can help them to turn onto the right road so that we love them and we are even willing to sacrifice our reputation or being ridiculed, but to love them is not without sacrifice. Jesus' love for us was not without sacrifice. And so this message of Sodom and Gomorrah is not one for me of pointing the finger of hate, of fire and brimstone. It's one about God's love.
1: Are you a Marian helper?